you know, there's a lot of demonic energy happening right now in our country. And I need it to get the hell out. Like that orange cantaloupe that's holding up shop in the damn White House. This week for me has been a little crazy. Emotionally, I am really low energy today, but I'm going to be present because I know that this place in the world, in my little world, just brings me joy. So welcome to episode three of season two of Inside Jamari Fox, the podcast. Let me take you real deep. It's just different. has this week been a shit show? (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'd like to introduce my amazing co-host, Karaoke. Hello. And we're joined by a missing in action last week, but back this week, (laughs) Cousin Hybrid. (laughs) Hey, it was was flaying, okay? It was in the air when this happened. Oh, please, (laughs) darling. Don't don't give us excuses with your bleakness, darling. Don't. Don't. Make you didn't sure want to hang it. out with us. Just say it. You didn't want to hang out with us. We're not you cool wanted to, you, you, Britney Spears contacted you and said, look, do, drop those fools. Come chill with me. We're oh. going to have we're gonna have some fun. Chilling with Britney Spears would have been quite problematic. So I think I would have preferred to, um, to hang out with you guys. So, you know, yes, I'm sure. Sh- it was too late to pick up regular Wi-Fi. So that was why. Sorry. Can I, I tell I'm, you how much I love the word problematic? I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> it describes it describes many things in one. <laughs> um, so, all right. We'll get into how everyone's doing. We'll start with, since Cousin Hybrid is on punishment for last week, we'll oh start boy. with, with uh, karaoke first. <laughs> karaoke, how was, how was your week? Um, my week was good. I have um a, a very low key week. Didn't do anything of any particular excitement. Went to work. Well, you didn't sign off of jacked. Uh, is that a jacked? Whoa! You didn't sign off of. Uh, where's my mind today? You didn't sign off of um, uh, Jackbox. I was close. Jacked Jackbox. What do you mean I didn't close. sign off? Well, you didn't like sign off in a in a huff because oh, when lost. we played. Yeah. Oh, no. I have decided that um, I, like, you guys made me mad the last time that we played, and we discussed that last week. Um, I am over that. Um, I have decided that you are a problem. Thank you. Um, that you are always bringing down the family, oh as we God. discussed. Jesus. So we did take the a star break. is born. The star <laughs> has been born. We took a break. We didn't play this week. <clears throat> Um, so, but my husband and other people have been jonesing. They're like, when are we going to play? When are we going to play? And also we want to get together and play among us. So yes, I keep hearing about that game. Yes. So we do need to get together for a virtual game session. I just don't know when it's going to be. And while I was saying that, I remembered that I lied. I did do something a little bit exciting this week. I bought some new sex toys. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so nice. I have not gotten them. They're supposed to be coming in the mail on Monday. We're getting Monday, spicy. And I'm super excited about them. Super um, spicy. Yes, except that the last time I got this thing that, like, 
I was like, oh, no, it's probably fine. And then my husband and I were playing with it. And he was like, yeah, this shit does not fit inside you. Like, I can't make it go in there. So it was very... There's there's (laughs) one sex toy that looks like a claw. And I keep asking myself... A claw? It's like, it's got the big thing. And then there's this curvature thing. Um, hang on a second, hang on. I was like, no idea what you're talking about. Please send a link or <laughs> an image. <laughs> so I take it that George isn't the only thing flipping this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamari might be flipping. I'm st- I still got to wait. I think my delivery is not coming until Monday. So Sorry, <laughs> I had a knock on the door. <laughs> oh. Uh, we're going to have to you restart. you also order um, sex toys? We're gonna have to restart. What what did I last say? About the claw? About the yes, claw. you were telling us about the claw. So it's like a claw thing. So it has like a a long situation and then there's this thing that hangs over type of situation. You know what uh, I'm talking about? Can you please what? send a picture? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm going to have a send a picture because I was always like, what? How does that work exactly? Like there- there are a lot of toys i've seen like that i'm like what exactly does this do i don't know how sex works in general so i'm gonna send it to to the group chat okay because can't wait for this i'm I'm a bit perplexed as to what would look like a claw and be pleasurable Oh, Jesus. Because I'm sure that i don't want anything described as a claw anywhere near my lady bits like pretty sure Unless that's what Beyonce meant when she said take it. So I sent it. Hmm. Uh, Oh, this thing, the Lilo thing. Right, whatever that is. Okay, so okay, so the top part is -hmm. supposed to be inserted into the vagina. Um and then that little nub part that sticks out, um, Mm -hmm. will when it's inserted, that little nub part will like rest on your clitoris. So you get vibrations inside and outside. So it's like it's a G spot stimulator. Mm. And then I guess the little hole part at the bottom, and you can see the little three bumps on the front. Those would adjust like the speed and whatever, um, turn it up and turn it down, and maybe like a power button because there's three of them. Men will be really shocked to know that a lot of women have sex toys because some men don't satisfy them all the way. <laughs> well, so. okay. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So. I would like to say because I feel like that is a big misconception in the straight world and maybe in the gay world too that because I have and want to use sex toys does not necessarily mean that it's because you don't satisfy me it's it just it adds another element it's nice like I have my toys to play with by myself but it's also nice when my partner is playing with my toys with me it's not like you're not big enough you're not good enough you're not anything enough like this is just something else yeah okay you know so that's a lot like why a lot of what did you say it's like enhancement as opposed to replacement right and so i think a lot of men feel and i mean women too if the if their men have certain toys Mm. like they might feel like oh i'm not good enough or I know one friend, and I can't remember what we called him previously on this podcast, so I just won't say who he is. Um, Mm -hmm. But he, like, he doesn't masturbate. Because he's like, right, right. I just, I felt that in my whole spirit. (laughs) Exactly. So he's, because he's. I jacked off, like, four times last night. Like, this is 
just what I do. Like, I don't have shit else to do for the next five minutes. So, right. But he feels like if he's in a relationship, then he's like, why should I be masturbating? And I'm like, because you want to, like, because you don't have shit else to do, because you have a hand, like, you don't need, or because you want some satisfaction right at this moment, like, why do you need a reason? So he he does not masturbate. I think that this is, I've known this man for 25, 30 years, and this is the craziest thing I've ever found out about him. That made me sad. I'm like, I don't even know... What words I have for you? Like, how do you not like? He thinks that there's something wrong with it, so he would definitely be the kind of dude who would be like, "No, my woman's not gonna have sex toys because I am enough for her." Okay. So, and I said, it's not. It, and like he, you said, it's not. He discovers her fun drawer. Right, like so, like cousin said, it's not. It's in, it's enhancement, not replacement. And I think that a lot of partners don't necessarily feel that way that they think that if there's a sex toy involved it's got to be because i'm not good enough in some way and i i think it's nice for you know couples to play with toys together oh god i'm coming (gasps) not like that though please (laughs) (laughs) uh cousin hybrid your week a motive a motive punishment no you can come out. Can come out. <laughs> out of the guards, corner. guards, just keep an eye on him because we might have to. Go <laughs> well, my week has been pretty um, straightforward. Well, you guys are on lockdown. We're on exactly. It was about to say we're on lockdown, so there wasn't much they could do. Um, well, how serious is this lockdown? Well, we're and why are we not on lockdown? And and why are you on lockdown? Like, let's talk about this because I don't know what's going on on your side of the pond. So basically, the UK has like almost like well, I haven't been paying attention because the the American election has just taken over everything over here. But um, is like thirty thousand cases a day, new cases a day for COVID. So it's pretty Sweet much baby like Jesus. we have ninety five thousand, and we are not even on lockdown. Exactly, and like. It's just, a, a, like, to be honest with you, the people here are, not all of them, obviously, but some people here are so, like, just outright stupid. And they're mm-hmm. doing stupid things. Um, I mean, like, for example, before the lockdown, people decided that they were going to have essentially mask off last night out of freedom, kind of like dinners and drinks. And I'm like, what's happening? What? As nice. Like, let's, let's, let's toast to our death. Let's toast to our death. Let's toast to our impending lockdown by completely flaunting the rules as if COVID takes a break for you to celebrate. And that's basically been what's happening. Like over the summer, they had this plan where they wanted you to eat out. The government itself wanted you to eat out to help out with the economy. And that's where most of the new cases came from. So here we are in 2020 in a lockdown. And... It's just been, to be honest, I'm not one to complain necessarily for having like a long time because I'm very much so a cat when it comes to that. But mm-hmm. I just feel like, am I really doing this in 2020? So when when we had when we were on like restrictions and they started opening our restaurants back up, like they were encouraging us to go out and eat at places and support. Exactly. Our local businesses, but they were still in my county anyway. Like the my governor is crazy, but in my <laughs> county at least they were still like you know you can open and be at fifty percent, and people still need to be wearing a mask. Like all of the servers and all of the staff, they're wearing masks, and then they were like you know the tables have to be you know like every other table right. or stuff like that. So when 
your government was encouraging people to go out and eat? Were they trying to enforce any kind of restrictions or putting any restrictions in place like that? Or just like a free for all, like go support businesses. Do you 100% like 2019? Well, to be, well, to be honest, what's happening, (laughs) that was in principle, what was supposed to happen. But we all know how people are. So, I mean, I would have seen people at dinner, you know, with waitresses or servers, you know, just kind of like not wearing the masks or people completely like flaunting the masks, wearing rule, walking around the restaurant without the mask. So it's it's so hard to police because there are genuinely so many people in this world who are stupid and inconsiderate and they only think about themselves. So I think that the real epidemic, the real pandemic rather is not, COVID is stupidity. It's the stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn stupidity. Exactly. And I think we never really realized how stupid a lot of people in this world were because there was nothing that affected us so... No physical manifestation of stupidity. Well, I think my biggest problem is that our dumbass president, I saw a clip of him on... um, Twitter, like literally making fun of COVID. He's like, COVID, COVID, COVID. It's all we hear on the news. COVID, COVID, COVID. So he's being a dumbass about it. And then the celebrities are being dumbasses about it because I can't not stop seeing celebrities partying. Like allegedly Kendall Jenner had a birthday party and she had signs up. Don't put this on social media. But of course, you know, folks don't listen. So they had those videos all on social media. Ain't nobody had a mask on. Everybody was partying. And it's like, Oh, we're still in the pandemic? Okay, because clearly they're not in a pandemic. But see, what people fail to realize is rich people can be in a pandemic because they can get access to doctors that regular humans cannot. Exactly. So your stupidity lies in thinking, oh, I'll be fine. I'll just take a, a Benadryl and sleep it off for the next day. Uh, no. Or you might be asymptomatic and give it to somebody and kill them. But again, and then want to be on the news talking, playing the victim. Okay. Yeah. What this also shows you is that we, we live in a world where celebrities are essentially regarded as gods because they only do this because they know that they'll kind of get away with it. They're above the rules of everyone else. And yeah, I mean, when you work hard and you have, and you gain a certain level of fame or wealth, you should be able to enjoy it. But responsibility doesn't go through the door with it. So again, the pandemic is stupidity. You can give some person all the money in the world, AKA Donald Trump, and they'll still be stupid. So, and sometimes you would argue that people are stupid because they have all the money in the world. Like nobody has ever Check said them. to them, like, no, like that's right. Like you just, you're right. surrounded by yes men. And I was actually just having that conversation with my husband like a week or so ago, not in relation to the president or anything, but just about being surrounded by yes men and people who won't tell mm-hmm. you. Like, this is a dumb idea. Maybe you should do this a different way. Like, if you're constantly surrounded by people who are like, that's awesome, go for it. Yeah, you're on the right path. Like, you don't grow as a human. You don't develop as a person. You don't come out of any kind of box. And so you're basically two forever when your parents are like, you can do it. You can walk. Take that first step. And all you're surrounded by is cheerleaders and nobody who's ever going to be like, you're being stupid. Like, slow your roll then that's not how you become a good person, a good human, a good contributor back to humanity and the planet. If you're just, you just constantly surround yourself by yes people and people who won't tell you that you're being a dumbass sometimes. 
Good work, karaoke. I, yeah, I appreciate my friends who were like, that outfit, no, do <laughs> no. over. Listen, like, listen. everyone needs those people in their lives. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's a good because when we get into today's topic, it's actually going to coincide with what you said. Okay. Uh, I love being psychic. Yeah, it's a perfect <laughs> way. <laughs> so, do you see uh, that fucking orange rhinoceros leaving the White House? If you I sense do. yourself psychic? No? Okay. Um, boy, let's get into my week. <laughs> Woo! It has been a lot. What's happened? But I have hold been on, learning... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do I need popcorn for this? You might. Yes! I've already got my wing, so... <laughs> <laughs> All I've got is water. I'm wine gonna... at 9.55 in the morning? You lush. Well, it's not 9.55 for <laughs> him, because he's on the other here. side of the world. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. Three o'clock? Why do you lush? Plus, also, it is five o'clock somewhere. So, somewhere five o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> past the wine. <laughs> so, I've been learning to take compliments and speak the positive first. So, we'll do okay. that. Yeah. So, this week, I ended up getting on TMZ again. Yay! Which has been my sixth time being on TMZ. Wow. I have made Harvey laugh again. Uh, which means that I'm part of the family. Um, so that was a good experience. I've, I appreciate TMZ so much for always calling me back. Um, that was a positive. So. <laughs> and now the other <laughs> <No>. shoe. <laughs> Hear that noise? Shoe dropped. So Monday, I think it was Monday, I fell out with a friend. I spoke about him on my blog last week. He has been literally in a toxic relationship since 2016. And I have given him advice since 2016 about said toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. So said toxic relationship kicked him out of the house that they were sharing and he has been staying somewhere else. So he's been doing pretty good and he's been doing great. and. I was like, wow, this is serious. Because for the last years with the blowups that they've had, I've been like, oh, this, yeah, they're ending. Oh, no, they're going on a vacation. Oh, no, they're ending. Nope, they're going on a vacation. And then they hate each other. And then they're going on vacation and they hate each other. And it's this fucking back and forth. And he brings all of us in this drama. Mm. So everyone has started to fall off, but Mm. I guess I am the therapist of the joint. Anyway, Monday comes, he calls me talking about, oh, I'm tired. And I'm like... Oh, well, you know, because he works a second job. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, you'll. he said he's going to Jersey. So I'm like, all right, you're going to go pick up, do your second job. He tells me, no, you know, I'm going over to the house because she needs to talk because she hasn't, um, she hasn't spoken to me in seven days and she wants to have a discussion about our relationship. I'm like, it's 11 o'clock at night, one, two, y'all are supposed to be on a break. And she's literally been contacting you the whole time y'all are on a break. Literally, you and her have been going at it the whole time while y'all are supposed to be in an alleged break. You're not even in the house. So the conversation, I, I, I had to, I dragged him. Like I got so enraged because I'm like, because we've been having a lot of different like issues, but this one here like went full head on for me because I'm like, dude, I have literally given you the same shit every year. And you keep doing the same shit. So is this just a ploy for attention? Do y'all just like the drama? 
So what really pissed me off was that he says, oh, well, you know, I just want her to do better. And I'm like, well, she should, because she can be a moron. He's like, no, I just want her to do better sexually. And she said that she was going to please me sexually because we had a sexual conversation all day. Bye. Click. What? (laughs) I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Because this is what... This is what changed everything. You have been literally staying at somebody else's house and you mean to tell me that all was just solved by a sexual conversation you had that day. So you're going over there. Why don't you just be honest and say you're going to go fuck her? Like, just be honest. You know what I mean? Like if you had said that, it would have been like, okay. But this disguise of, oh, I'm going to go talk about the relationship. That should piss me off, man. Especially 11 o'clock in the night. Like what else were you expecting at 11 o'clock in the night? Right. And it's like, you have literally been draining me with this, this back and forth. She seems to be your mother, apparently. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you're going over the house to have a conversation and it was because you want her to be better sexually? Booty talk, yep. booty talk. <laughs> so I press the banished button <laughs> and I don't know when they'll be back into my forefront. So that's yeah, that. Your your banish button is a pretty strong banish button. So Listen, <laughs> listen, when I'm done, like when I say I'm taking a break, I'm not contacting you. Yeah. Cause the last thing I said, I'm gonna show you what a break is. Click. <laughs> Cause I was like, I'm through with this. Uh, he, I, I'm a cancer. <laughs> um, this, so that was that. And then I wake up yesterday. I put, you know, I have a, the Foxhole IG. I love the Foxhole IG because I speak to my readers. We speak in DMs. We have intimate conversations. I had 17,000 followers on there. 17.7 followers on there. It was doing good. I was loving it. Posted something. You know, I love updating my IG stories on that. I am not on my personal account because I feel I get fed more on IJF. So I interact there more. Like I do things on my personal account. Yeah, that's cute. But on my IG is where I really speak to the people who support me. Um, Was gonna go post the IG story and Instagram has disabled my account. Oh. What? Yeah. So now I don't have. an IG anymore. <laughs> but do they give you a reason when they do that? No, they just said you violated terms of service and we're disabling your account. But you can send a message to try to fight it. And it's like, well, what am I fighting? What exactly? What am I fighting? Like, you just disabled my account. In a real situation, you would give a warning or say, hey, you posted something, this particular post was a flag and you can't, like, you know what I mean? But let's you disable know, your shit. I think Instagram is real and face, the entire Facebook group of family is is very, very like, torn deaf when it comes to that because I have reported in the past and I, I just, it's so weird that this came up. I have reported in the past videos where people use slurs against gay people that may not be widespread or widely known because they're Caribbean slang, but they're Mm. still as painful as if you were to call someone like an F word or whatever. Yeah. They reported it 
and Facebook or Instagram has come back like, oh, we didn't see anything wrong with your post. It didn't violate. I post, I reposted people, not reposted, I've reported, sorry, people who've had um, videos up there of like borderline child pornography. And they've come back and said, oh, you know, we didn't see anything wrong with the guideline, you know, with what this post shows, you know, it doesn't violate our guidelines. So it's like, they're so quick. And I remember there was a, a lot of um, discussion a few years ago about Facebook and Instagram going after creators of color, especially if they had blogs or they had content that was considered to be more adult, not necessarily pornography, but like, oh, your blog has adult topics. And there was a whole yeah. discussion around that, you know, creators of color, specifically black people, were being targeted and kind of singled out to be removed, whereas other creators that are white or white adjacent were able to kind of like get away with madness before anybody even came to their, you know, came to like take them down. So I would be I would be writing a very stern letter if it was you. I hear something that really bothers me. I don't post things on my IG that are like what I see other people doing. Other folks will put straight up and down porn on there. They'll have dicks, dicks in gray sweatpants visibly showing. They'll have asses out. They'll have this going on, that going on. I literally just post good looking males and promote my blog in the process Mm -hmm. and write in my stories. I don't, I don't, I'm not malicious. You know what I mean? I just have a good time doing everything I'm supposed to do regularly. And not only that, I've connected with so many people because of IG that now that's gone, there's a sense of emptiness there because I was working on my media kit and my media kit had a lot to do with IG. Like I had all of my stats and just all of the things that was going well with that. And now I just feel lost because that's gone. And I had, that's like the biggest account that I had the most followers on. And one of my readers said something that was so poignant. And he said, these Facebooks and Instagrams and Snapchats and Twitters, we're just squatters there. Yeah. And the moment that you do something wrong, your account is gone. Yeah. So all these people who base their lives off of these social media accounts need to realize that in two shakes of a second, those likes don't mean shit. Those followers don't mean shit. Because ultimately, Instagram has the final say. And it's sad. I mean, I sent the, um, the contest to fight it, but I have no energy anymore. Like, between this and this shitty election, I've literally just been brought down. Because, you know, I get all the news all the time. So I've literally just been brought down to the lowest places of hell. <laughs> Emotional hell. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on, like between the the fallout. And then word of advice, don't snoop around your personal interest, social media, because once you start snooping around their social media, you start seeing things that you're like, God damn it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So add insult to injury, snooping around when I should have been minding my fucking business. So I've just been boom, head on in traffic, you know? (laughs) So it's just been a week, uh, but I do want to have a discussion. I, you know, I, I was feeling kind of like, let's talk about Trump and his nonsense, but I kind of just want to get into the topic. So we will be right back and we will have a good discussion for the Foxhole. 
All right. So I wanted to have this discussion last week, um, but a certain someone was on lockdown. <laughs> uh, Rude. I know. We're gonna we're gonna get our feelings hurt all over again now. All <laughs> over again. So I need full participation in this one because this is a good one. Um, Whoa! But last week with Danny, shout out to Danny. It was amazing. So it was. Um, we had so much fun. I liked her. I know. Looks over to cousin Hyper. <laughs> but but on, if, <laughs> okay. if cousin had been with us, I, then think it I would not hoot. have gotten to meet Danny and had that wonderful conversation. I would not have been introduced to her blog and her um and her podcast. So I mm-hmm. I mean, there's good in everything. So Love we, we missed everything. cousin last week, but I definitely <laughs> enjoyed the chat with Love Danny at karaoke bringing the. Just going straight to the goodness. I gotta be like you when I grow yeah. up. <laughs> I, you know what? I've been full of positivity lately, and I don't know what that's about. But well, I'm gonna need I you keep, to send that my way. I, I keep telling my um. So I have this solid circle of of women that I hang out with, and I keep telling them that I need new friends. Mm-hmm. and um that i'm taking friend applications and they're like yeah bitch you're not going anywhere you're stuck with us forever um Mm-mm. but so but danny like i could i could see danny so if y'all are listening ladies you might be replaced i might have found some applicants i know i'm gonna get a call <laughs> about this i know oh. i'm gonna get a call i'm gonna get a ang- i'm gonna get a text message with some angry eyes <laughs> from nay i know it's coming <laughs> danny's danny's good people i like when we just bring good energy on here and i can't wait for us to bring other folks with cousin bright hybrid on here especially the pretty vixen because i can't wait for him and her to meet i think he'll really like I heard so much about this legendary pretty vixen but man, <laughs> I need her to come back with the porn with, star voice. With her I porn star so voice. Much. With her porn star voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today's topic, we're going to talk a little bit about success and the things that we see, that I see people doing wrong and just give advice. Because I feel like a lot of foxholers always ask me, how did you get to this point of blogging? Mm. And I feel like you two are some successful folks. You know, so, and I'm very smart when it comes to career stuff. So I said, let's have a discussion. So on the Foxhole IG, (laughs) question mark, um, parentheses, (laughs) question mark, there's a user that I love. His name is Please Don't Call Me Terrence. And funny enough, he looks like Star Fox, which is so crazy to me. Every time I see him, he looks like Star Fox. And I'm like, wow, my dear best friend. Um... So he had an IG story and he was asking everyone, does do they ever feel like shutting down their socials and starting over? Well, guess what? Foreshadow. (laughs) Uh, He wrote that because he's trying to be a singer and no one is taking him seriously. So from our conversation, Mm -hmm. he said, yes, it just feels like I am like as a creative, I can never do enough. And I'm always stuck in a rat race of what's going on to get engagement and what people will respond to. Should I post every day, twice a day? Like, damn, I got to work too and be a full-time social media marketing team and write the songs and et cetera, et cetera. On top of being a black queer artist who refuses to portray some basic ass heteronormative aesthetic, it just feels like running into a brick wall. So that is often the self-talk I hear amongst people when they ask me questions. 
And listen, I started my website in 2009, as mm -hmm. those who know and those who didn't. And I started it and I had no direction. I was just writing. And I suddenly started to get like comments and I was like, okay, you know, but it wasn't something where I thought it was going to be a big deal. I just was writing, you know what I mean? I have pursued many mm -hmm. different careers. Um, so I, I remember when karaoke dragged the fuck out of me because I was trying to be an actor and I was not, I was not going on auditions, but it's basically like trying to win the lottery without playing. Right. But I wanted to become this actor and I, you know, I didn't want to really do the Broadway route. I just want to go straight into the movies. Boom. You know what? I should be on TV. So let me do it. <laughs> um, that didn't work. So I wanted to do PR. Yeah, and I like, right. I, I like the idea of building somebody's brand and making them better. Mm. But the problem with PR is that a lot of the times you have to take internships and it's not something where you just jump into it. You kind of got to like get the credits and all that other stuff. And at that point I was living alone and needed a job to survive. So that was not happening. Funny enough, I probably could do PR now, but uh, right at that moment, no, that didn't work. Wanted to be an image consultant. Again, part of PR, building up people's brands, helping them get from point A to point B. But my passion has always been writing. I noticed that I was always writing on these different platforms and always had like these blogging situations on many different platforms and writing notes and this and that and the third. And people would flock to what I would write. But I never took it seriously because I was like, who wants to be a writer? I want to be a star, <laughs> you know? And I just wanted to run headfirst into the things I thought would take me to that level when realistically it was the thing that I have been formulating since I was a kid. So started the blog, just been writing, you know what I mean? Doing my own thing. And I don't know how we got Foxhole involved. I know that I just wanted something. I wanted my own little community. And here we go. We're at this point. The first thing I will say when it comes to chasing any career is that when you start something, it might not always start off being successful. If it is your passion, then you should just be doing it. You should just do it. Like I notice a lot of people, which drives me crazy. They'll be like, yeah, I want to start blogging. They'll blog two, three things, and then they're done. And I'm like, well, why did you stop? And the, the answers are, well, you know, I just, no one was reading. So, you know, I decided to do this. So they do something else. Boom, that didn't work. So then they do something else. Boom, that didn't work. And they just keep hopping around, hopping around, hopping around, hopping around. <laughs> I didn't hop around. Now I hopped around with the other things. But they all seem to just kind of like work with my writing as well. Mm. But when it came to writing, I just wrote. When I started Inside Jamari Fox, I just wrote. And I didn't have any kind of, you know, I wasn't getting as much engagement, but people were starting to take notice. 
you can be writing for years and nobody will take notice. So the first tip I have, you have to work like nobody's watching. You have to tweet like no one's reading. You have to Instagram like nobody's going to like it. You have to um, make vlogs like no one's watching. And as you keep doing it and as you keep going down this path, you'll start to gain a support base. Somebody is going to, you got to promote your shit too, but somebody's going to latch on and say, wow, this is dope. And then there you go. You've got someone. And even if you got three people reading your shit, make your shit the best shit that those three people have ever watched. You know what I mean? Um, Cousin Hybrid, I know that you have done many things. Now you're doing art. Mm-hmm. Yes, How did I you... Uh, yes, you have definitely did the Devo of, of doing it all. Uh, what landed you on art? Because I know that when we were young, we wanted to start a comic. Oh, yes, we did. Oh, <laughs> good thing. We wanted to start uh, um, a, 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 a comic. The Demo Dudes. Yes, that's right. That's uh, not, we were all... Let's, let's not discount that. You know, it may come back with something. But I think for me, I've always... The one thing that I've always loved in life was, was art. Um, mm-hmm. I've always loved drawing stuff. I, I'm a storyteller more so than a blogger. As you know, I used to do music blogging, which was well-received. but And was amazing. But the thing is, I, as you quite rightfully said, if you're not... Commit, you can be interested in something and not committed to it. Yeah. So I was interested in blogging about music because they had an interest in the music that existed at that time. But then as the music got to a point where it personally wasn't my thing, mm. my commitment faltered because it was not what I truly wanted to do. Mm. Um, from the time I was a child, I've been drawing and I like storytelling. So I do write, but most of my stories are like short stories, more so along the lines of fiction. So they're not, it's not as you would do like a blog how you look at social, human, human interest, sexuality, how you do that. I'm more of the kind of person who will sit down and spin together an entire world where there's a, a fantastic monster somewhere who's misunderstood. You know, mm. I'm a Walt Disney kind of person. So I'll end up drawing to suit my stories. And I've always done that. So I don't think a lot of people knew that I I can I could draw. And I, I would draw things. I would rip them up. It would Isn't it funny them. how people don't, like, you'll have something going on and people mm. will just think you're one thing. And then it's like, no, I have this whole empire behind me, um, folks. Exactly. And people people were completely, so I can tell you public, publicly, the first time I actually really shared any of my work was last year. Mm. And there were so many people who were like, oh, who drew this? And it was like, um, me, motherfucker. Me? And they were like, you draw? And it was just the kind of shock and awe that I was, as you said, more than this one dimensional character in their mind. Mm. And I think the people who really knew me, like my, like yourself, my mother, some of my other friends, they when they saw me re- showing my drawings, they were like, you know, this is something that for years, whenever we see you draw, mm-hmm. you come alive. Mm. And drawing is one thing that I, like, right now I'm talking to you guys and I'm actually, like, planning out a drawing as we speak. So I'm, That's I'm, so sweet that you're planning a portrait of me while we're yeah. doing this. What makes you think it's not a portrait of me? You see? You're so cocky. I will fight you outside. 
Fight me. Playground, three o'clock. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm there. Let me get the Lady. Vaseline. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, it really comes down to understanding the difference between what you're interested in and what you're committed to. Oh, that's committed deep. To, there'll be no excuses. You know, there'll be no excuses as to what, you know, what you need to do. You make no excuses. You'll find no reasons why not to. You'll just do it. And as mm. you said, you'll be doing this stuff in the background and people wouldn't even know that you're doing it because you're doing it because it's, it's almost like a nature to do it. And now, oh, sorry. sorry. I think that's a, a key, a key um, thing. Go on, sorry. Sorry, I just interrupted you. That was so rude. That's so uh, rude, but anyhow. <laughs> I'm giving you the glance of ice. You're going to freeze in two seconds. Karaoke, I find one thing I love about you, you are very much someone who just does her own thing. And you are a fantastic actress. Mm. My question for you, how do you feel about people who quit when they have no views or no one's taking them seriously, no one's showing up to their shows, they're literally performing for an audience of seven? <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about people who quit prematurely? I think that everybody has their own take on things. And for me, like right now um, where we've been in this COVID time and there's a lot of things happening, people are trying to make the same things happen in different ways. Um, and I have been approached about a number of theatrical things, but I'm really not interested in like Zoom theater because for me, acting is about being backstage with all of my co-actors like goofing off with this bunch of people like forming this family during the time that we have that we're we have to get together for rehearsals and then the weekends where we have to get together to do these performances and we're kind of all in it together and during hell week that last week when we we're working out all of our technical issues and it's the first time you know the, the lighting people and the sound people and the actors are all in our theater space together and everybody's like, you know, where we get into the theater at five, six o'clock and we're there until midnight or whenever this shit is done. Um, mm. And we're all kind of dragging ass. And it's a full solid week of that after, you know, most of us like we do things during the day, if mm. that's a full time job or whatever. And then we're at theater all night. Um, for me, like that's what is really fun about theater is that connection with people. So when I'm on stage and people are like belly laughing at anything that I'm saying or they're boohoo crying at anything I'm saying, like that's all nice and fun. And it's, it's a nice validation for the thing that I did. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, it's all of that backstage stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that really makes theater. So in all of this like zoom theater that's happening and there's been good stuff happening, but for me, I don't care about it. So I might watch it sometimes. Um, but that's not really what I care about. So I think that people have, but there are some people who are really into that, who like for them, it's just, it's doing the performance. It's like being on, like having people see their faces, hear their words. It's, for them, it's just, it's about the performance. Mm. So there are different it's motivations. It's not bad, though. Like, if you're and it's just not bad, and that's what I was going to say. So it's that people have different motivations for doing, even if they're doing the same things, people have their own individual motivations for doing those things. Um, but I think that, like Cousin said, if, if it's just, like, you'll find the time to do it. If it's something, if it's really your passion, like, you'll find the time to do things that, that make a difference to you that you really care about it's not like 
nobody's reading my blog, so I'm not going to write my blog, then you weren't really trying to be a writer. You were trying to be read. Mm. So Ooh, that's good. That's good. Okay. You know, so Woo! like, so there's no, I just feel like if people, I'm not knocking anybody who quits at something because they're not getting the reaction they were looking for, because maybe that's just truly not their thing. If they decided like, this isn't something that I can make space in my life for because I'm not getting feedback, maybe that's not the thing that you were trying to do. Mm. And so maybe you need to go and find something else that will work better for you and you can get the feedback that you're looking for. But like, I used to like I'm I'm one of those people who had a blog um and would write in it but I was not trying to be a writer. I still write things but mm-hmm. not on my blog. But you know, I'm way more likely to be you know, sitting around on a Saturday afternoon and I don't have anything to do. And I'm like, well, we're going to write up this like quick little sex story. Um and so what mm. I write is a lot of like 2 minute porn. And I've um, read them. They're pretty good. Right. <laughs> So, and when I'm inspired to write one, then I will. And so I don't need to post them somewhere because for me, writing is about the writing. I don't care if no one ever reads any of the 25, 30 stories that I've ever written. Mm. I don't care if anybody ever reads them. I'm happy because I wrote them. So like I'm not trying to monetize that. And sometimes people are trying to monetize their passions Mm. and then they get focused on the money and they forget about the passion. Mm. And that's not necessarily right or wrong because I mean, passion doesn't pay bills by itself. Like, you know, you have to, you know, like when you were um, working on, getting IJF up there and you were like, I really want to keep writing. I keep writing and I'm working on this writing all the time, but I also need to now figure out a way to monetize this because it would be great if you didn't have to work full-time job and come home and work. So, you know, know, it's like you're doing what you want to do. I have to get them tongues out. I have to get them tongues out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it would be nice if you could take that thing that you're working on, you're putting in your the time and the effort because you that's your passion, you want to do it. But if you could do that and not have to do the day job, which you're just doing to pay the bills, mm. that would be great. So it's great to be able to and monetize work with your demons. passion. Right. But if it's your passion, you'll keep doing that even if, like in your situation, that's what you did just part-time in the evening that's your passion so you still made the time and the space in your life for it i know it's funny realistically though people are actually watching you don't know who is actually watching true Mm -hmm. people are watching and that's how i got tmz calling my ass because they were watching and it took me 10 years of writing to get on TMZ and to be called back as much as I did. Right. But you were still never writing your blog. Like it was never, you sat down and you were like, what's an entry that's going to interest TMZ. Like you kept writing about things that were interesting to you in a way that was interesting to you. And it's like, you know, this is, you know, people who've given me feedback, they've indicated that this is what they like. But it was so you maybe you've like targeted some of your articles to like this person's really gonna, you know, this person really likes this particular person. So I'm gonna put another article about this person. But the writing style has been your own, the content has been your own, the ideas have been your own. And then someone, like you said, someone will see it. 
Yeah. And you'll get some sort of response that you weren't planning on. But you have to sit down and say, I'm doing the thing that I love because I love it. And whatever happens because I'm doing it, great. Now, we're going to get into the second tip. So that was the first tip. Mm -hmm. Second tip, focus. Oh, Lord. Uh I'm looking at you. Me? Looking at at you. (laughs) What have they done? I'm going to look at karaoke, and then we both going to look at you. All right. Focus. One of the things that I will, another tip I will give, I, at my past jobs, I picked jobs that were very light work because I know that if I got out here and tried to be a manager, I went out here and tried to do big things, I would be too busy worrying about my day job and then still trying to write at the same time. I picked things that kept me available. And I'm not saying this is for everyone. This is just for me. I worked a lot of front desk jobs. And at those front desk desk jobs, I was writing my blog. There was a job I had where I was a floater. And a floater basically is someone who goes and covers the receptionist breaks and lunches. So between that, I would have a lot of free time and I would spend some 50 minutes and then hour breaks at desk. And at those moments, I was busting out entries. That was the beginning part of the IJF journey. And then when I got home, because I, Cousin Hybrid made a good point being a cat, I would come home and I'd write some more. And I literally was tired as fuck because I was always like writing, but now I'm getting to the point where my amazing, amazing readers will send me stories. So I don't, I don't now have to be out there like, okay, what's happening? Okay, okay, okay. My email and DMs at that point are always filled with something to write about. Cousin hybrid, focus. <laughs> you know, if you look I, I ain't gonna lie to you. Your focus is a, for you. Your right? focus is a little woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Because you'll start something and then cousin hybrid will go silent. And it's like, oh, okay. What what's happening? Is is it still happening? Like, for instance, with the blog that you have with music reviews. Mm-hmm. Karaoke was fucking amazing. He could break down some shit. And I'm like, damn, I actually want to listen to this fucking album. And then he stopped. But you see karaoke, it goes back to what I said, you know, after years of self-awareness, it goes back to what I'm like, committed to versus what I'm interested in. Oh, Jesus, Louise. And I mean, and that's, and that's fair because, you know, as, you know, you're not the same person at 20 that you are when you're 30 that you'll be when you're 40 so mm. as you grow as a person and hey you're guys uh let me let me tell y'all something real quick what's, what's this is this is not a pause for the foxhole i just got an email from instagram it looks like your account was disabled by mistake your account <laughs> has been reactivated and you should now be able to log in we're sorry for any inconvenience <laughs> If you have any issues, please get back to your account. Please let us know. And let me tell you, they probably are hearing us. That's what I was like. We're not doing this live, but they have heard this. Exactly. Especially when it was when it was that, you know, people of color and black creators and they were like, oh. It's like, oh, they're coming for us. Let's fix this. All right, go. I'm sorry for interrupting you. God, thank you so much. You gave me I needed that win, please. Cousin Hybrid, go on about focus. Oh my God. 
No, so for me, I think focus focus is important because focus is the is the father of consistency, and you need to be consistent with whatever you're doing. And yes, I I tend to bob in a bubble of things because again, I may have interest in something, and rather than just saying it as a, almost like a catchphrase or a cliche, you no, know, is is because there are lots of things that I can do. Mm. I can draw, I can write, I can, you know creatively direct a magazine if I need to. I can do all of that stuff. I know how to write scripts for, for films. So it's not unusual for me to understand how to do many things. Can I can I say something really quickly? Okay. I was a little scared asking you to be part of this because I was like, oh God, I hope that Cousin Hybrid doesn't bail on me. I really like him and I really like how he talks. I, I mean, I'm always going to be 100. That's one thing you're going to get from me. No 100. Need for sunglasses right now. That's not shade. That's real. You know what? Hold <laughs> me my check. I'm done with this. I'm over. <laughs> Don't leave. <laughs> Don't walk. In. Okay, he's, he's leaving. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. You've messed this up. <laughs> no. So, I mean. <laughs> It's kind of true. It's kind of understandable. Okay, at least, but here's the good part. Yeah. You know. I know. I know what I'm capable of. I know that I can be a, a Garden of Eden. I know I can be a hurricane at the same time. So it's not a problem. Oh, I like I that one. What happens? What That's happens? how I am in relationships. Exactly. So I mean, like, for me, like, with, with the podcast, the podcast is something that I know means a lot to you. So I would, I would be hard-pressed to let you down. Oh, that's so sweet. The thing is, is that I know that there'll be... You hear that karaoke? That's the only reason I keep showing up. I hate when you cry. Because <laughs> it's real ugly. The real ugly cry with the, 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 like the faces all swollen and red. I just can't. I just can't. One of my favorite episodes of Friends, because y'all know I love, I love Friends, but <laughs> it's when... You are anymore. <laughs> Is when Monica cooked the Thanksgiving dinner and oh the door God. locked as she was crying in the hallway. <laughs> and it was like this real ugly cry. And I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh my God. Um, you've always been Monica. Let's be real. Hey, I was a good, I loved a Rachel Green. Yeah, you okay. were, but you were more Monica. You were more practical. You were more pragmatic. Oh Lord. Then who's my Chandler Bing? Um, <laughs> um, but I like what you're saying that you know your focus. So with your art, yeah, are you 100 like? Because for me, when it comes to focus, like literally, you have to draw when you don't feel like it, and there's no days off when it comes to art. Like you can't be like, I'm drawing today, and you know what? I'm gonna draw next year. No, no, no. You can't. You can't take breaks between. Um, you can't take such dramatic breaks, but. I will tell you from the perspective of someone who actually does like do the visual arts and, and draws and illustrates, especially having been around other people who do it for long enough, mm-hmm. you cannot force art either. Mm. Mm. So if I don't feel inspired to draw something, you will see in my art that is not something that I wanted to draw. You will see it. Mm. I will see it and I will not be comfortable with it. So therefore there is, when you are an artist, there is a fine line between yourself and your art. There are extensions of you. So there's really no, so while you have to kind of, as the English say, graft 
which the, the I guess the American equivalent is grind. Well, you must kind of work hard to promote yourself. You can have an artist who will produce about three or four things a year and mm-hmm. different variations of that thing or those things all year long and be satisfied. Mm-hmm. And then there's some person who is probably going to be more of a cartoonist or a comic artist who will have to do something every month or an illustrator for a book who has a project that they have to produce 90 panels or pages for. So there are different types of artists. And to be honest with you, my art is quite interesting because I've always wanted to be a comic book, cartoon, video game artist. Mm. And my art style is very much so cartoonish. It's very much so almost like a comic book style. It's very, it's very whimsical as opposed to serious, like I'm drawing a portrait of a man on a beach kind of thing. It's not but, like manga. Exactly. But well, it's, it's a bit... It's probably more is moved away from manga. You remember, I used to do a lot of Sailor Moon stuff, but it's moved away from that. I'm more into my own kind of like cartoonish style. The problem is mm. with not the problem is what I found interesting with my art is that it has been taken up almost without me being intentionally intentionally focused on that. It's been taken up into more of the contemporary art space. Mm. So what I thought was going to be illustrations for children's books and comic books and whatnot has actually gone into a space where people regard the art as contemporary art. And I like it. It's really and nice. Kind of like, have I stumbled upon something by accident here? It's a lovely accident is why we call serendipity. Mm. But if I was to plot out my life pre my art being recognized, and don't get me wrong, I'm not Andy Warhol, so I'm still working towards getting myself fully established, but... Mm. If I were to plot out my life, I would have thought that the kind of art I would have gone into would have been more along the lines of Stan Lee, creating comics. Oh, and, yes. you know, that's what I thought. But I it, can see that for you. Yeah, so it seems as if I'm going more into that lane between pop art and plain art, which is where Andy Warhol and Karen and, and Jean-Michel Basquiat would have kind of gone. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. We'll see what happens. I do not want the tragedy that came with their success, but if that's the direction I'm supposed to go in in terms of success, well, I'm here for it. But it does require you to know yourself. You cannot be an artist and not know yourself. You cannot be an artist and create just... Or even of a creative. And you're creative in period. I mean, for example, you with your blog, the thought soul would not exist unless you were committed to the idea and the vision of what the thought soul was supposed to be, the tone of voice, what it meant, the even down to the nicknames, you know, hybrid wolves, thought soul, mm. pretty, pretty vixens, all this stuff. That wouldn't exist unless you were committed to that creative vision. I think it comes a lot from our childhood. We were very creative children. We were. We were. When you well, were we in- are. You know? We still are, but we yeah. were very creative children and very much... I remember one time I was playing with my toys and my mother, I was talking as my toys because I would always create these worlds. Like I take boxes and create battleships and all (laughs) kind of shit. Like I was, I was making full fledged movies and my mother came and was like, why are you talking as you're playing with these toys? And I said, because I'm recording. <laughs> well, that's a little crazy. And that really fucking pissed me off because it was like, I don't come to you and tell you how to cook your fucking food, okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> like, I am in my own world, in my own play, having a good goddamn time, mm-hmm. and you're coming to spoil it. But one thing I will say, though, even though you're focused, one thing back then it was, Post all day, every day, all day, every day, all day, every day. Now I take one or maybe two days off to rest. 
rejuvenate, step away. Because I get a lot of news. That's a lot of energy coming at me at one time. You know what I mean? And then I still, like, when you are good at something, karaoke, cousin hybrid, you literally can do it in like, it just comes natural. Like, I could look at a picture and I can literally formulate how the blog is going to go, what gifts I'm going to use. The title is already there. Like, it just takes me literally 10 to 15 minutes to write something. Even if it's like an entry where I'm getting something off my chest, it can literally just take me about 10, 15 minutes, boom, and it's already up. Mm-hmm. That's commitment. And that's what happened with all the focus that I was giving. That just doesn't happen overnight. You have to literally work on your craft. Right. Now, three, this is something that pisses me the fuck off. What's that? So when I was younger, mm-hmm. one thing I have to say, and I told the pretty vixen this, I loved how my uncle, your grandfather, mm-hmm. networked. Oh. One thing I loved is that our family literally are networking geniuses. And in, a, in our little island, mm-hmm. it wasn't like we were networking to go to how it is out here. You're networking to get into the country club. Correct. Although we, we've been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but just the way how your mother talks to people, the way how, hell, karaoke talks to people, my uncle, your grandfather, the way how he talks to people, I love somebody that knows how to talk. Mm-hmm. And I love people that hey, know yeah, how to it talk can, it can, and make if people you think feel comfortable. Hmm? If you think about it, it came with his job. And then exactly. If you, about, if you think about karaoke, it comes with her craft and her job. Which well, is, she's always been a mingler. Like yeah. one thing about her, when I first met her, she <laughs> yeah. know, like she would mingle with the bosses, and suddenly they're her best friends. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I can't stand that bastard, but she's cool. With her. <laughs> you know, what? You know what? It, it, it ties into her craft because as an actor or as a thespian, whatever you want to call it, she. She am, she is the vessel for so many different messages and emotions. So yeah. She knows how to communicate. So when people think that any person can get on the stage and act, even though I may be able to tell you theatrically, I may mean, always think a story should go as a storyteller, I mm. can't act it out because mm. I am so I am so straightforward. And if I'm upset, I cannot hide them upset. If I'm happy, I can't hide them happy. An yeah. actor has to embody all of these things and communicate them in a way that every single person in that room, even if they may interpret it differently on different levels, they feel it. So that's why she's able to mingle and move through crowds easily because that is her nature. But the thing is, though, you, one... you have it as well. Funny enough, if you thank you, thank you, thank you, you, thank you, you know, just you just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but l- listen, karaoke. Let me tell you. I'm gonna tell you a quick story about this one here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I will say though is that I find that Americans networking is different than how I learned. I didn't. I watched and observed how the folks in my family networked and how even cousin hybrid. One thing I will say is that. It's less about trying to achieve something and more about just having a conversation and making someone feel good. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the key of networking. This whole, okay, there was a year 
Star Fox and Cousin Hybrid, Ooh, I was yeah. working events at Fashion Week. Fashion Week. <laughs> and it was at the Big Tent in... Where was, was that? Was that Lincoln Center? I think Lincoln it was Lincoln Center. Center. Lincoln Center, yeah. So it was this big tent at Lincoln Center. I think that's where it was. And... Because yeah. we had to go up the steps. Like, it's right. Yeah. They were outside the tent. And I was inside because I had to pass. So I decided to get a magazine, get on the phone. And I was like, yes, well, get him in here. Okay. So I walked up security. I need them in here right now. Like, I need those two in here right now. And the guy was like, Ugh. no, I need them in here right now. So they came in. So I was like, all right, guys, you guys are in cool. Karaoke, I kid you not. I turned, turned my head. Cousin, cousin was gone. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. When I looked to my right, cousin's already in the crowd, glass of champagne, mingling. With these two white women. And well, I'm like, oh, in, yeah. so. <laughs> and I was like, she's still what? on the face, but Karen Brand, remember her? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was, let me tell you, karaoke, I was inspired because just the way how he was so comfortable, the champagne was in one hand, he had the bingling, he was just talking, just shooting the shit. Yeah, that I mean, is how you that network. That we, that's the year that we met Carmen Electra as well, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, because Carmen Electra came on and was like, "Oh my God, you're so beautiful." Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> again, mingling voice karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I remember going to a Ti clothing event mm-hmm. years ago, and it was a networking event. Mm-hmm. We get in the fucking room. Everyone is huddled up and standoffish. You walk up to them to say, hi, how you doing? They're looking at you like, ew. So the amount, like, I find, and this is probably going to get me dragged. Most Black people don't know how to network Mm. because it's always this clicky type of situation. Mm -hmm. Whereas I find that I've gone into places where it's, white folks and they'll just walk up to you like hi how are you doing um, I, so i saw you come in and you know and they're very like they're very welcoming right. sometimes you're not as sometimes our people are just not as welcoming some of them not all of them <clears throat> some of them like i think what what do you think about that karaoke because i have my own thoughts on that oh please I drag me. i think it just i mean not not for dragging purposes but i think that there are just some people who feel like and especially if you're a minority walking into a situation um like you're trying to you're walking into the situation feeling like you're trying to prove yourself or trying to establish yourself and so you want to go you either like come in trying to get comfortable and so you go find the other might similar minority in the room mm. or you walk up to the power people because if you're like, if I can get in with the top dog, then I'm good. Cause then you're under this little umbrella of safety. If Mm -hmm. the people at the top welcome you, then everybody else will have to welcome you. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it's, sometimes it's just a matter of, of comfort. Like I, when I am in a room full of people, I mean, honestly, like it's the worst place for me to be. I really don't like people. Um, (laughs) But when I'm in a room full of people, I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying to convince anybody that I'm awesome because 
the only person who needs to know that I'm awesome is me and I'm convinced. Um, so if you don't agree, that's cool. Um, so I'm not trying to prove myself to anybody. I'm not trying to gain anybody's favor. Like I don't need, even if you have a million dollars, like I don't need your money. Like I'll take it if you're giving it to me, but Mm. I'm not asking you for it. So I'm not trying to get something from the people that I'm talking to, except I'm trying to have a good time. I'm trying to enjoy my moment. And since you are in my moment, I need to, I need you to be involved. Like I need to have fun. I need you to add some interestingness to this moment. So I'm willing to talk to anybody about anything and not try to benefit from it. So that's why I'm so comfortable talking to people because I'm like, I have no, I have no agenda. I'm just like, Hey, how you doing? And if you don't want to talk to me, cool. If you want to talk about turtles, I'm in. If you want to talk about physics, I'm in like mm. whatever it is, like and I'm see, on that, board. <laughs> to me, that is what networking is. People think networking is I need to talk to such and such because this person is going to take me to the next level. Mm. But that's a very superficial way of looking at people and looking at things. Cause everyone is a mark right but i mean it depends on what you need to get like i mean if you're at and a lot of people go to networking events you know to drum up business you know they've started this new company and they need to get a certain like a number of like known faces and known names involved to get the business out there Mm. um and sometimes that's why people are networking you are networking to get off the ground um i just find that if i'm talking to people you know you find some common ground you get into the conversation and somebody's like oh i do this and i'm like oh that's cool like i i like that too and then you can get involved like you find out things about people that might benefit you later um or they might not but some people are just that's their focus like i need to i need to get my company off the ground i need the sponsorship i need this whatever so some people are just driven to focus on their business and it's selfish but i mean you need to like you know passion doesn't pay bills mm. now you were gonna say something in regards to what i was saying cousin well yes i mean <clears throat> what karaoke said is that you know that you it's true you have to be strategic with what you want from a from any kind of networking situation but i i think with as you said in a space where they're black professionals and you're having that networking i don't i don't necessarily think that is that they're standoffish i think what happens is which kind of ties into something that karaoke was saying before as i'm in barbados where i'm from if i have Woo-hoo! bam Exactly. If I have a if there's a networking situation with young entrepreneurs in Barbados, mm. there will be cliques but along different links, like which school you went to, who you know, you know, if it's a gay crow, right. the, the lesbian crow, whatever. So there may be little cliques like that, but the, the dynamics are not so hard set that it becomes impossible to traverse those cliques. But Barbados is a predominantly black country. Mm. So when you see a black entrepreneur in Barbados who is our age or younger or older it doesn't really it's not jarring in countries like America and here in Britain there's actually something called like the Black British Business Festival which goes Mm. it it normally takes place in October every year but like here or in America where black people and it really needs some deeper clearer research done to figure out if black people really still are a minority because I suspect that they're suppressing the numbers just to keep that psychologically held over us but that's a different conversation um, <laughs> um, you're but, going there yeah I'm going there because you know who controls your research but I don't want to become I don't want to become a, um, a conspiracy theorist <laughs> on right. this podcast. but right. I mean 
in these countries, black people are regarded as minorities. They're regarded as people who live on the kind of the margins of society because of the historical context of black people being in these countries. So when you go, there's already that very terrible analogy about black people being crabs in a bucket and mm. that, that there's scarcity and paucity in the black community. So when oh. you're a black professional who you have to prove to white people seven or eight times over what the average white person would have to, that you are good enough for a job or an opportunity. Right. Then you come into a school mm. where there are other black people. What you may be feeling is not necessarily over, I don't like you or I don't welcome you. It may actually be a form of social anxiety that is just amped up to the, to the max because it's like, is there really enough for me? Do I not have to like compete with everybody and hear 300 style to get the opportunity? So mm. what you may be sensing is a kind of a deep-rooted kind of social trauma or anxiety around being good enough. And if there's enough opportunity for black people. So, I mean, that's just my take on it because well, you know, a lot of the things that we do as 21st century black people, and we think we're so far removed from things like um, Jim Crow, apprenticeship, slavery. There's a lot of generational curses that have not been broken in our community. Not even just curses, but there are things that we have adopted into our everyday life because we've been always told to shrink down in society. Right. To work twice as hard to get half as much. Right. Exactly. So you work twice as hard to get something, but there's you you're given the impression that there's not enough to give in the first place. You will cut everybody's throat to get it. Well I will say this and this is one thing that that makes my scalp burn. Mm-hmm. Networking is not chasing the popular kids. No, it's not. I see this all the time. And sometimes I see it on my personal account mm-hmm. and it really burns my biscuits. Cause it's like, <laughs> you'll sit here and you'll watch everyone mingling with who's popular, who's getting the most likes, but they're treating you like the outcast. And it's like, you shouldn't be treating me like the outcast, baby boo. Mm-hmm. I am I am literally the bigger star than all of these folks. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I noticed that if you are not physically looking like you're out there and you're mingling with this rapper and you're taking pictures with that person, no one wants nothing to do with you. And they'll disregard you until you pop up on that. I- Let me tell you something. If I pop up on that IG, on my personal IG tomorrow with Rihanna, Mm-hmm. I mean, and I t- put a picture of Rihanna up and I say, damn, me really working on the, on da, 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 da. How much you want to bet? I'm going to have 500 likes on a picture. My DMs are going to be popping. I'm going to be able to sleep with whoever I want. <laughs> like, that's just how it is. There yeah. is this need to chase the popular. Even like one of my, blo- one of my readers uh, his name is 9-2. He's absolutely amazing. Has a clothing line. Mm. He said to me one day, he said, do you notice how some of the weirdest folks have a following? And he does yeah. not understand why. They, there was this guy, he, he's cute, but he has a following. And it's like, he doesn't even talk to his audience. He's comes off crazy as fuck, but people love him. And it's like, and they're just loving because of his body. And the only reason that they're fawning themselves is because he has a body. Mm-hmm. He is a clothing designer. And he says, people hype up other clothing designers. And they're all pretending to live this big life. 
he actually owns his clothes, he says. He doesn't have to return them after he wears them. Yeah. And he's noticed that they're getting love. And he said, you know what? It is what it is. I'm going to continue to do what I do. But there is this, it's like almost like networking is in, in the popular community, in the cool kid community. It's just who's the coolest kid. And those, and I like to let folks know, those folks ain't going to help you because they trying to get on themselves. You come in their life, you the competition. So now they got to cut your throat because you, you stepping a little too hard. You know what I mean? It, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's very weird. And I often have to say, I've met Beyonce. Yeah. Beyonce was the nicest person that I have ever met. Why do you, a nobody, have an attitude? Yeah. But you kind of hit the nail on the head is that I think, and there's also that kind of brand watching that you have to be this aggressive, like, you know, when people see you coming around the corner, like Devil Wears Prada, I can't remember the name of the lady, oh my God. Miranda Priestly, don't you dare forget it. My gear card should be revoked at this stage. Okay. (laughs) People think that that's what you have to do. (laughs) You know, people think that you have to be this, like, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, and I was saying people think that you have to be this kind of like Terry Fang, like super cold, um, outwardly aloof person in order to cut through the so called noise. But if you think about it, as you said, Beyonce is the nicest person you've met, but she's also a very hard worker. The two things don't combine to make her cold, aloof, and hard. Right. There are people out there who are cold, aloof, and hard who may be successful, but they're not well liked. So right. if you are no starting off, no matter who you come You should be to, the kindest person in the fucking world. Exactly. No matter how good you are, you need to you need to kind of curry favor with people because people don't remember necessarily that you're talented, you know. People remember your impact on them. And if you there's yeah, yeah. so many people who are not really talented and we'll be looking all like, what the hell are they seeing? But it's because they made an impact on some person in a human way. Mm-hmm. You know? You got it. And that's that's to me, that's networking. I feel like people just, you should always be nice to everyone. You yeah. should be nice to the janitor. You should be nice. You should, your energy should just always be the same with everyone because it's not that you're hoping someone recognizes you in the future. There's people who are nice to the man that sells, that gives them coffee and he was dying of cancer and gave them fucking $2 million because every day they came. Every day they were nice to him. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though that what I need straight people to understand is that gay people down there run the industry. It's your best bet to be nice to the gay folks. Exactly. This whole oh, I, he's gay. I just I can't be. Sweetie, I know your, your stylist is going to be gay. The PR guy is going to be the guy who runs the PR industry is going to be gay. The guy who is about to give you your interview is going to be gay. And I know I actually know of a model who who completely botched his career because of that. He became very homophobic um, in the fashion industry, and it was like, uh. so. let's think. Like, I mean, I don't like. I don't feel like who you are sleeping with does not affect how I interact with you. Nope. Um, 
if, if our if our reaction is if our Unless, inter- interaction is not me sleeping with you, who you exactly. are sleeping with is not my problem. Like, Unless I, you want to sleep with them too, but that's a whole different. Story. Well, that's what I'm saying. If that's, if that's not our interaction, then it doesn't matter. Like, if you're doing my hair, if if the, our relationship is you do my hair, I don't care who you're fucking. If mm-hmm. our if our relationship is you are my accountant, I don't care who you're fucking. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care the color of your skin. I just need you to handle the business that you were handling for me. Handle it correctly. Correct. Agreed. So I don't care about all all the noise. And it's like, I believe that you should be nice to everybody because you don't know where your next blessing is coming from. So why would you risk blocking your blessing by saying there's this whole contingent of people that I don't like because of their their gender or their hair color or they have excessive tattoos or they're gay or whatever it or is. Like I, I'm singling them out. I'm not going to mingle with them because blah, 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 blah. I'm just going to mingle with the person who looks like they're going to take me to the next level. Yeah. What I, I have not been to church in some time and I keep saying I need to go back, but you know. Don't go to that place. That toxic Yes, I know. But I just... Um, I just, one thing that I do believe is that you don't block your blessings. And at the end of the day, that's it for me. Like I said, you don't know where your next one is coming from. Mm. I have definitely been in positions where I have said to somebody, blah, blah, blah. And then three months later, they're like, hey, I was having that one. Remember when you and me were having that conversation about this topic? Well, I was talking to somebody else about that. And now we're going to start this business. Now we want to get involved in this. Uh And this was because of some conversation that you inspired. And I'm like, awesome, cool. So then, you know, good things have come to me just by just being nice to people, treating people like people, you know? Mm. And it's like, and I don't see why that needs to change, regardless of how much money you have or don't have. Mm-hmm. We're all human. And that's it. So that I don't need to treat anybody on any other level than that. Just be nice to people. Like, me, I, Why is that so hard? Let me tell you something. Jamari Fox gets to where he needs to be because I leave an impact on people's lives and I'm always kind to everyone. Yeah. Now there's people that do not like me and that's fine. I don't know why you don't like me, but you know what? If you're it's because create... you have a bad attitude. That's why I don't like you personally. Jeez, that's not supposed <laughs> to be told out loud. Oh, God, God, God damn it. These black people. Um, <laughs> if you're going to create a narrative about me, then... I can't stop you from creating that narrative. If you're sure. going to say this is who I think Jamari is, then you have every right to say that. I'm not going to fight you for what you create. Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed is that if you create a narrative about me and people believe it, then good. Those followers can go because I don't need them in my life. And sometimes mm-hmm. when you when there's a narrative creative about you, created about you, that actually gives you a story. That gives you a storyline. That gives you a character. So now people are going to be like, well, I heard that karaoke's a real bitch. I don't know. It's Let me... all true. And all of a sudden, <laughs> karaoke goes, talks, talks to this person, and it's like, yeah, she's really not a bitch. So now mm-hmm. that other person looks stupid because they created if not, this false narrative, and now they have to look at that person's character. Exactly. So to wrap it up, I'm going to ask each of you. For the foxholders out there who want to be successful, they want to be rappers or they want to be singers, they want to be bloggers, artists, they want to be actors, whatever. I'm going to ask each of you, what advice can you give them that you have noticed that would be the best possible 
I want to say outcome for what they're trying to look for. Karaoke go. Uh, just live your best life. Um, follow your heart. If it makes you happy, do it. If it doesn't make you happy, don't do it. That's simple. <laughs> simple one. Simple one. Uh, uh, simple to the point. Uh, cousin. Um, for me, be prepared to have sex with people so that you can get forward in life. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> Listen, I would just like to say that this blog does not promote the Me Too movement. But if it if you happen to have to sleep with someone and they put you into the next level, that's fine too. No. Make sure that he's tall and can pick you up. Most that's of the not- most of the time, it's an old white man. Okay. Exactly. Don't don't do that then. Uh, some listen. How do you think some of our favorites got up there because realistically though and this is just something there are some black people black folks are going to see you and they're going to be like wow you're amazing i don't i don't feel jealousy i don't feel anything i'm gonna put you on and there's others who are going to feel like you are coming for them mm-hmm. even if you guys are not even in the same lane like i'm a blogger you're a fucking photographer we have nothing to beef about, you know what I mean? But you clearly are intimidated by me because you see that regardless of what career I'm doing, I have the better personality than you and that wins. So maybe if you get a better personality, things will work for you. Right. Thank you. So for me, well, well, my, that my, was your that was your advice. No, that wasn't my that was, I was, like, that was a joke. That was don't a joke. promote my foxholders, like, uh, pervert my foxholders like that. Welcome. To although, the although some of the escorts aren't doing that. Anyway, but no, um, I think the the real thing to to always do is to know yourself, know yourself first, know what you like, know what your boundaries are, know what kind of like sparks you. They don't really reflect on the things that make you come alive that you can do every day without it feeling like a chore or without, as I said, making excuses for not doing it. And once you have a really good um, idea of where your true north is, you can kind of like inform the rest of your decisions from there. Because again, not to sound like a stock record, but commitment mm-hmm. versus interest are two, they're two different things. You can be committed to something and be interested in it, or you can just be interested in something and have no commitment to it whatsoever. I love so, it. I think sounds, like, sounds like dating in 2020. No, <laughs> me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, for me, just questions. Mm-hmm. Who are you? What what is what is this that you're bringing to the world? What is this that makes you different from everyone else? Mm-hmm. Um, why would someone want to pay for your shit? Like, yes, you want to be popular, but guess what? The local New York circle, the local Cali circle, there's a bigger world out there. Mm-hmm. Does Is Devonte in Idaho who needs a role model? Can you make, can you be that person? There's Amy in Nebraska that sees your shit and wants to be, doesn't have anyone to support feels alone, sees you, and suddenly your spirit is what brings them closer. It's all about who is going to put money in your pockets, but it's also who's going to support you. And it's not the local circle of talent that you're hanging with because you have to um, appeal to many different audiences. Like I have people who read me from Africa. I have people that read me in Jamaica. I have people that read me in England. I have people... Like people read me everywhere and it's because I am just there. And 
Um, reinvention. Sometimes you gotta, you go on one route, reinvent to something else. You should constantly be reinventing your brand. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are on the edge of glory and don't even realize it. You know what I mean? What? You gave up today, but next week is when you were discovered. You know, you 100 people in a room. All it takes is that one person, even if you mm-hmm. and they don't believe in you. So that one person will be Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like, my child, you have finally made it. I'm going to grant you all that you request. Well, God damn it. It took you long enough. Shoot. <laughs> and there you go, loser. <laughs> all right. Great podcast today. Um, I want to slip in a little trivia. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Are we doing? Are we doing that thing we did last week? Or are we doing the question things that we did last season? What are we doing? Huh? Okay, so I guess we're doing trivia. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so five questions, um, multiple choice. Yay! I think these are easy. So, um, oh please, that they're really hard. Okay, <laughs> no, they're easy for real this time. Okay. First question. King Arthur and Lancelot are characters in which popular musical? The Student Prince, My Fair Lady, 1776, or Camelot? Camelot. I'm going to go with Camelot. <laughs> okay, and you're both right with Camelot. Woohoo! I'm smart. Okay. Um, two. What is the main ingredient in the Italian dish risotto? Tomatoes, wheat flour, rice, or pasta? Rice. Tomatoes? It is rice. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> you cheated! <laughs> I'm, here, I'm just here laying down. <laughs> oh, please. That's what they all say. <laughs> Who plays the waitress that the wedding singer falls in love with in the 1998 film? I already know this. Sandra Bullock, Drew Barrymore, Drew Naomi Barrymore. Watts, or Natalie Portman. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> You're in my world of entertainment, baby. Exactly, I'm in his world. <laughs> okay. Um, and now I'm going to kick it up a little bit because yeah. I can't make quizzes too easy. It's not my. It's not who I am as a person. I'm a teacher. Um, which horror story is subtitled "The Modern Prometheus"? Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, Frankenstein, Dracula, or Carrie? I think it's uh, Frankenstein, isn't it? Um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Frankenstein it was. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so we're tied? Because you didn't actually get that second question with Drew Barry, that third question with Drew Barrymore. I did. I asked well, he, Drew Barrymore he did. with you. Yeah, you jumped in. Stop the count. Stop the count. Stop the count. Stop the count. Okay, Trump. Stop the count. What? What? I want to recount. We're stopping everything. I'm I'm filing lawsuits. We will take out the Drew Barrymore question because you jumped the gun all super confident. No, we're keeping that. No, 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 no. He co-signed your answer. Look, we're either keeping the right for both of you. We're, We're keeping the point for both of you or you both lose the point. We're keeping the point. (laughs) Okay. Then question number five. What is the capital of Uruguay? Montevideo, Quito, Asuncion, or La Paz? Montevideo. (laughs) What he said. (laughs) It is Montevideo, and that is Cousin Hybrid 5, Jamari 3. No. Three? He got three? 
I got four. What for? Because I said what he said. (laughs) You said what he said. What he said, because I couldn't pronounce the word. (laughs) Yes, but you got the King Arthur question. You got the King Arthur question right. You Mm -hmm. got the risotto question wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, You got Drew Barrymore right. You got Frankenstein wrong. And then you got Uruguay right. Yeah. Stop the count. Stop the count. Stop the count. Stop the count. Fox Holders, I need you to get to every polling station. Stop the count. Stop the count. We stopped it. And at the final count, it's 5-3. You lost. Can I just, just say? Accept your loss greatly. Just, just be nice about it. Be a good person. Say, I lost. Maybe next time will be my time. Just accept it. Just, Our just... president has lost, and he is not admitting defeat. So, okay, but I'm what a, I want to ask, act like that. Do orange... you really want to take life lessons from Donald Trump? No, we don't. So, in this situation, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. You know what? It's a democracy. You're an American. You're free. You're allowed to do whatever you want. So, I... if you want to be a sore loser and, and shut off the game because you're not in the lead, you're allowed to do that. Well, then I'd be learning from karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> so, do I want to take life advice from karaoke? Yes. <laughs> Can I just say real quick before we before we leave that someone sent me something mm-hmm. and it said that if a president loses the electoral vote and the popular vote, he doesn't have to concede. It's in the Constitution. So please, we, God, don't nobody tell that man this. I'm sure he knows because it's in the <sighs> like it was a big thing that Van Jones was talking about. Does a president have to concede? And he doesn't. He could sit there as president until until i don't know that rule and so i'm thinking that allegedly it's like it's yeah that it's like half of a a true story i haven't looked it up because i just heard about it five seconds ago um it doesn't seem legit that would be the dictatorship for our ass okay i and i I find it hard to believe that the the structures that surround u.s politics would even allow that to happen Please. Yeah, because they allowed, crazy, they allowed Trump like, to happen. But well, yes. I mean, yes, this is true. But I mean, but to say that like we go through this whole big voting process and then to to pick a winner and then at the end of the day you're like fuck the winner. This is I don't want to give up my spot. That doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. Well, has Trump done anything that seems right, Carrie? Well, I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about the way things go. Go, oh, yeah. Do you know all those people in the White House at this moment are on his team? They're all like most of them are Republicans. I the, the the ones who are executives, I don't think that the actual like civil service in in Washington are for Trump at all. And if you ask me, I think that the FBI and the CIA are willing to just pull up something that they've probably been hiding back on him because he's currently president to just kind of drop that in the middle of everything if he refuses to concede or step away from the White House. Can I think I just, it's just really weird for him to be honest. Can I just say is this not all just ghetto as fuck? <laughs> you know what? This is all so ghetto. We have written, we have written enough like stories and Netflix series like House of Cards. Oh, that was a good one. That no reason. This is a Frank. This is a Frank Underwood type of move right here that's happening. Exactly. Know that reality is going late. You know what? Let's start mimicking them. They they seem to want to escape me so much. Let me give them a bit of their own fiction in reality. So. 
it's like we're paying for all of the wild stories that we've created over the years. So it's like, here we go. This man is taking us on a ride, and I just don't know when we're getting off. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're going to be getting off for a while. Anyway, I want to thank uh, Cousin Hybrid, Karaoke. You guys are absolutely amazing. I hope that this discussion we had today can help a foxholder or seven. And yeah, we'll be back next week for episode four. Cousin Hybrid, will you be back next week? For I will be. Four? I'll be here. I mean, but yeah. I guess we'll just wait and see what happens. Cause nope. Guys, well, it's going to be last week, too. Guys, wow. I can't make it. I'm hanging out with Naomi Campbell and we're doing a little brunch. Just a little brunch. Run me my chat. I'm done. <laughs> anyway, I will see you guys later and I'll see you guys back on IG. Bye. Bye. Bye.